0: Actually, as I was getting ready this morning and Isaac comes walking along behind me, he's piping up <laughs> as he does. And um, I just thought, you know, the Lord often says in his word to be like little children. And um, Isaac was telling me, I don't know, he'd been watching something on the internet and about um, he, when he goes to university and he is educated more and he knows how to do more things, he says, I want to help people. And he said, and he, then he, we have the saying in our house, called did you Benjamin's next name is did you know Um, but it's like it's like did you know and he said did you know that there's a man who you know um, did you know he he made a chemical so that when you put the put stuff in the water in, in places where the water is dirty in Africa and places like that that actually it's the the dirt sinks to the bottom and the um Fresh water comes to the top and then there's like all these different testings and people have um, devised different machinery and little gadgets so that they're able to get clean drinking water more easily for really cheaply. And he's like, that's what we need to be doing. It's like we all need to be able to help people and do something. And, and he said, that man, he wasn't even... Um, you know, an engineer or anything, he owned a shop doing something completely different, but he had this idea, and he was able to help people. and he was all enthused about it, and walking around behind me all around the house telling me of all the things you could do to help people. And he says, "You know we could do this and you could do that. And isn't it amazing that people could have invented that to do it for 85 cents? And, and it's like this little contraption. And he was most enthused about it. And I thought, you know, we can, as we get older, get a little bit cynical about what can we do to help and it's like I really felt the Lord just saying just be like a little child. If your heart is open it doesn't matter what you do or where you are, I can give you an idea or or a, a concept to be able to help others and he just wants us to be like little, a little child, 10 year old who just like wow what could we do if we were open to, to just being able to help people. So I guess that's what I have in my heart this morning is that is that often we shut down things because we get under things. And the whole part about learning to ascend, learning to come up above our circumstances and pray from heavenly places is to get us in the right frame of mind and the right spiritual authority, knowing who we are, that we're able to exercise that instead of coming from underneath all the time where we've got to drag ourselves up. Because that's how it can be. We're constantly pulling ourselves up rather than knowing who we are in Christ, that we're seated in heavenly places, that we have all authority because he's given it to us, that when we speak, things will happen, that the elements will change, that you know, money will come to us, that when we speak, we're speaking of spirits because we're made in the image of God. And he said, let there be light, and there was light. And he said, it's like the enemy wants our words. And if he can get it, so he gets to our thoughts and he bombards us with images and concepts and negative thinking and just blah 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 constantly barraging us of what cannot be done and God saying come up here where the air is clear where there's no fear and I will tell you what is possible and that's part of what he's trying to get us the church is to come up above the ecclesia to come up above so we can speak what heaven is doing let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven let my will be done on earth. So, how do you know what his will is? You come up and you see what heaven is saying. You see what, you listen and hear and see what I am doing. Because God, he speaks to his people and he speaks to the prophetic and then he will do it. He doesn't act unless he's spoken it. That's how powerful it is that we know what God is doing because he will not act unless he's spoken it somewhere, through someone. Even if it has to be a little child, even if it has to be a donkey. You know, like he wants, he will, he, he will not depart from the principles in his word. He says that. So this morning, I just want to fire you up a little bit. It's November. I don't want us to come into the end of the year going, oh, I've survived. I want us to go, all right, that may have happened. We've come through that. Are you still breathing this morning? Yes. If you're listening online, are you still breathing? Put your hand on your heart. No, <laughs> you're breathing. So you're here. You have, still have a purpose. God still has a plan for you. It's still good because he is good. If it's not good yet, he's not done. So this morning, I want us to, to start to just, igno- I want Holy Spirit to ignite something from the words that I've got to share. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you take the words I'm going to share this morning, that you just, um, just cut off the things that are not of you, Lord, and ignite a fire in our hearts, in our minds of what you are able to do with our lives, Lord. That we're not done yet; that we still have a race to run; that we still have a journey; that we still have a call and a purpose and an assignment on each one of our lives. So, Lord, so I pray that you fire us up this morning, and anything that is not of you, that it gets burnt up, and only the gold is left. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk about my assignment. I want to talk about your assignment and my assignment and what God has. Yeah. So I, Proverbs 23 points. is you become what you think about. (laughs) I'm all fired up, so (laughs) 23.7. It's actually, where was that? No, it's because I'm doing fractions and decimals with Isaac. (laughs) It's like um, Proverbs 23 verse 7 says you become what you think about. As a man thinks, so shall he be. So it's so important what we're actually thinking about. Who are we seeing ourselves as? Because as a man thinks, so sh- shall you be. As a woman thinks, so shall you be. It's, a law, it's the ultimate law of attraction. All right? It's like we actually put our faith out to what we are expecting. and so you can, It's like a fishing line and you throw it out and if you're expecting good stuff, that's what it attaches to. It's the ultimate law of attraction. As a man thinks... As a woman thinks, so shall you be. And so our imagination is everything. That's why it's like we've got to sanctify our imagination. Be careful what we're letting through our eye gates and our ear gates. What are you thinking about? What are you letting in? Because our imagination is everything. Albert Einstein says, it's a preview of life's coming attractions. Our imagination is everything. It's a preview of life's coming attractions. So what are you seeing? What's the preview that you're getting? Is it something that God says or is it something the world and the enemy is saying to us? Because what are we letting in here and in here, in those gateways? Because that's what you'll actually start to build your faith around. So we've got to guard guard our hearts out of the wellspring. They're the wellspring of our life. So we've got to guard them with all diligence because that's where all of our life flows from. Because what we see, what we hear gets into our thoughts, into our thinking, into our heart and that's what we start to believe for. So this morning, what are you thinking? What are you letting through your eye gates and your ear gates? What are you thinking about? Because that's a preview of your life's coming attractions. Not disaster, attractions. God has good things for us and regardless of where he may have came from and I tell you what, it's hard things sometimes happen but God says, if they're not good yet, I'm not done yet. If you look at a circumstance, if you look at a relationship, if you look at your finances, if you look at your, what's happening and you go, oh, Lord, and throw up your hands in despair, do not do that as mum just shared. God is working behind the scenes. He is very intentional. I love this song. It's by Travis Green. It's called Intentional. Google it and find out what it and have a listen because it actually talks about that he is intentional. He's been doing this for a very long time. Amen? He's been doing (laughs) this for a very long time and he is very intentional of everything that he puts across our path, every opportunity, every relationship, everything. And we can go, oh, this must be it. Just let God be God and orchestrate it. And you just take each step at a time. Sometimes we think, oh, it must be this. And God goes, oh, actually, it's not. It's over here. And it's just he's very intentional to be able to get us to where he wants us to be. Amen? Amen? So, Isaiah 43 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? God is getting ready to pour favour upon us. He's always prepping us for more. Where you think, Oh, well, I've had that happen. Yep, there's more. I remember when I was on the flight back to, from England and we'd had this amazing holiday with the kids. And I was like, I was just thanking the Lord. And he says, All right, where do you want to go next? And I was like, but I'm just thanking you for this. I'm, I'm flying out of London. What are you talking about? He says, where do you want to go next? And so he started to drop this, this new thing because he's always getting ready to pour favour out of, on us, to promote us, to increase us, to expand our influence. But he's asking us, do you perceive? And to perceive means to notice, to identify, to comprehend and to see. And God is asking us, I am doing a new thing because he's always doing new things. Do you perceive it? Do you see what I am wanting to do? And that's the whole thing about looking, you know, like and often we only do it once a year coming up to Christmas. So, all right, you're doing it once a year. (laughs) It's like what is God wanting to do in your life from now on? Not what he has done. We rejoice in what he's done. We learn from the things that may not have turned out well. But what is he doing next? Don't look back. It says, forget the former things. Rejoice in what I've done, but don't stay there. You know, don't stay there. I remember when we went to the Vatican and it's this beautiful building with all of this monuments and artwork and it was like this happy place. But you know what? There was also an atmosphere of they had stayed back there. And it was the atmosphere was dead because there was no new thing happening. They were like holding on to the past and... And you, if you made a noise in the Sistine Chapel, you get this man going, "Silence! Silence! If you're even whispering, because you're making a noise, and it's like <laughs> anybody has been there and to take our kids in there, it's it's interesting. But it's like it's like they're, they're back there, and it's like God is doing a new thing. You know, even like the great revivals, and we go, Oh God, moved back then. Yes, He's done that, which means He can do it again. But it doesn't mean he's going to do the same thing. God very rarely does the same thing twice. Moses made that mistake. He struck the rock the second time. He was meant to speak to the rock. Yeah? And it's like he very rarely does the same thing twice. He'll do it. He'll do something, but he doesn't often do the same thing over and over and over again. He's like, he's doing a new thing. So what are you seeing him doing? And this morning... If you're not seeing him doing anything, I want to just take a seven-day challenge, and this is what Philip and I are on. So I'm egging, this is what I'm egging Philip on about is that it's, uh, it's like take ten minutes, just ten every day, to just sit with the Lord and let yourself dream, because if we're not preparing for more, if we don't have a clear vision. And we can't see beyond what we are today. you can't have a larger life because you're restricted in your imagination. So what is it to sit for ten minutes for seven days and let yourself dream? Now I want to read you um, this little little um, dream prompters. Because often we actually don't give ourselves permission to dream and that's something Philip and I have realised is that if you've had disappointment or you've, you're a dreamer or you're a visionary and something hasn't happened is you can actually be afraid to dream and you've got to let God in that space to heal your heart and to ignite fresh vision and, and, to, and to reignite the dream in your heart and to you know maybe tweak it a little bit because you thought it was this but actually it's that. And it doesn't, and you know, and to really reveal what you deeply, deeply do desire because that's what God put there. If you wait on Him and you sit with Him quietly and just allow yourself to dream, get a pen and a piece of paper and just do the wildest, craziest, just everything that comes to mind and allow yourself to communion with God. And I was listening to something this week and it was like, whatever, if you feel like I just don't have anything to dream about, you know, what do you want more of? Go through to the word and meditate on what he says about visions and dreams, about good things, that he's a good God. And meditate on the blessing and that he wants to bless our lives and pour out favour upon us. There's so many scriptures that talk about that. And start to meditate on what God says so that you just get rid of what the world says are. Because often we, we think, well, life is just what? You get doubt and you just have to make the best of it. Or it's a pack of cards and you don't get a choice. You know, you just get doubt whatever hand and you make the best of it. But actually, God never says that. And Jesus said in John chapter 17, He said, "Father, I've completed to the, um, to the, what did He say? I'll get it. Got it. God, I have completed to the absolute finest detail what You have given me to do. That's what the message translates it as. I've, I've down to the last detail. I've completed what You asked me to do. He says that in John before He goes to the cross. And it's like. God has an assignment. If Jesus said that, Father, I've completed down to the last detail what you gave me to do. If Jesus said that, that tells me that we all have an assignment, that we all have a purpose because we're made in God's image. And if he, gave, if he gave Jesus that to do, then he has something for each one of us to do down to the last detail. And it's up to us what we do with our life, whether we go, all right, Lord, what have you got me to do? or we just kind of hand in our assignment incomplete. What is it that God wants us to do? And um, Joel Osteen, he, he has this great quote. I'll see if I can find it quickly. He says that, um, how do you discover your destiny or your purpose? He says, it's not complicated. Your destiny has to do with what excites you. What are you passionate about? What do you really love doing? Your destiny will be part of the dreams and desires that are in your heart, part of your very nature. Because God made you and because he is the one who put those desires within you in the first place, it shouldn't surprise you that your destiny will involve something that you enjoy. Often we hyperspiritualize and we go, oh, well, it's not spiritual or it's not this or it's not that, and so it can't be from God. But it's like God put those dreams and desires and the things that you enjoy in your heart and if you if you are just walking and it's like you're keeping focused on him, those things, he's gonna ignite them. He's gonna like he's given each one of us gifts and abilities. And it's whether we take the time to make those a skill. Because we don't start out with those things as a skill. That's our job. He's giving us the gifting, the interest, the desire. It's what we do with that. That's our responsibility. And so it's like when you say "time out with God," there's next seven days just to dream and, to, and just to think big. Write what's in your heart. Do not let your mind think it's impossible. Don't shut down things because oh, I'm too old. Oh, I just you know, I'm, I'm too this, I'm too that. I'm too busy or I've got kids, or it's like, just start to write down what's in your heart. Um, I'll, read you, I'll read you this. It says, proof that your age does not matter. At age 18 months, Brooke Shields lands her first commercial as the Ivory Snow Baby. At age 8, Mozart composes his first symphony. At age 12, Jesus astounds a group of religious leaders with his wisdom and insights. At age 18, Mick Jagger debuts with his new rock band, the Rolling Stones. It actually gets a G later, the Rolling Stones. I didn't know that. Age 21, Steve Jobs introduces the Apple computer created with young colleague Steve... How do you say his name? Wozniak? Yep. Age 31, Bill Gates makes his first billion dollars. Age 40, Lucille Ball debuts as Lucy Ricardo in the TV comedy I Love Lucy. Age 44, Sam Walton founds Walmart. Age 53, Walt Disney opens a theme park in Anaheim. Age 58... Frank Sinatra retired for two years and reignites his career. Age 65, Winston Churchill takes office as British Prime Minister. Age 69, after 22 years of work, Noah Webster publishes the landmark *An American Dictionary of the English Language. Age 70, George Brunstad becomes the oldest person to swim the English Channel. Age 71, after 27 years in prison, South African Nelson Mandela gains his freedom. Age 77, astronaut John Glenn returns to space on the Space Shuttle Discovery Mission. Age 78, Grandma Moses begins her career as a serious painter. Age 79, Ben Franklin invents bifocal eyeglasses. Age 80, Jessica Tanya, Tandy wins her first Oscar for her role in Driving Miss Daisy. Age 89, Frank Lord Wright completes the Guggenheim Museum. Age 90, swimmer Walt Pfeiffer sets six world master's records at a meet in Long Beach, California. Age 100, British actress Gwen, can't even pronounce her name, Davies appears in the Sherlock Holmes movie, The Master Blackmailer. And C.S. Lewis says, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. So that pretty much cancels anybody saying you're too old, you're too young, you're too this or too that because it covers everybody. It's like, what does God have for us to do? What is his assignment? And unless we take the time to quiet our heart and to allow ourselves to dream again, we're just going to exist. And and it's coming up to the end of the year and, and whatever you've been through this year, you go, thank you, Lord, that you got me through. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord, that you got me through. Thank you for the good things. Think of one good thing. See, you thank the Lord for what he's done this year, so you're not going, ugh. Thanks is an amazing thing. Gratitude starts to ignite. Okay, well, God did that. I'm still here. I'm still kicking. I'm still working. I'm still breathing. And it's like, okay, God, what do you want? What's my assignment? What do you want me to start to do? And it's in there already. As John Austin says, your destiny is in there already. It's your dreams and your desires. It's the things that you enjoy. Often we think, oh, if we surrender everything to God, He's going to send us to Outer Mongolia. And then the people in Outer Mongolia worry that they're going to send God's going to send them here. It's like it's like it often we, we put these things on God. It's like, well, if I surrender everything, if I start to dream, no, God's going to shut it down. That's stinking thinking. That's the enemy trying to make us be afraid to just dream. And so we just shut down and we live these little lives when God has this big life. That's why Ephesians 3.20, it's one of my favourite scriptures because it says that God will do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or think or dream or possibly imagine. That's what the word says, that he will do exceedingly more. But if we're not doing even the first part of imagining, of taking the time to dream and taking the time to write it down and make it clear, then what has he got to work with? If you don't like where you are at, then do something different. If you don't like the year it was or you feel like, oh, I haven't done anything, then make a plan. Start to dream. What do I want to do? And there's a guy and he wrote down he had no job he was 28 years old and he had no job and he had no prospects and he was just like, what am I going to do? And he'd, his wife gave him a book about, I think it was titled, about being successful and dreaming big. So he read the book, sat down at his kitchen table and wrote this list of 107 things he would like to achieve, that he would like to experience, that he would like to um, visit and it was things like have dinner at the White House meet the Pope, Um, land a a plane on an aircraft carrier, like way out crazy things that we would think, you know, but they weren't to him. He wrote down, now he's achieved 105 of them. He had 107 things that he wanted to do before he died and he's achieved 105 of them. You're never too old to dream another dream or set another goal. So what is it that you want? Because if you don't put it in front of you, then God's got nothing to work with. He says, I will do exceedingly more than you, not me, than you can ask or dream or possibly imagine. And I know that sometimes when we've had disappointment, we're afraid to go there. But that is the enemy trying to hold us up. And you know what? We've just got to draw a line in the sand and say, that may have happened, but this is a new day. And the Lord says that he is going to do exceedingly more. So I'm going to start and not worry about how it's going to happen. Just start to write it down. Start to dream. Even if it's crazy things, just start to dream because that's what God will get a hold of and all of heaven will come to attention and then start to write it down and put it in front of you. And some of the things, as you, as you start to dream, you'll go, you know what, I don't actually want to do that. Or, oh, I've actually done that. If you think about the things that you still want to happen or remind you of the things that you've done already, yeah? And so I really just want to encourage us not to stay where we are at because faith is meant to increase. Faith is meant to increase and our expectation is meant to increase. And quietness, we've got to learn to quiet our soul. So this is what we do 10 minutes for the next seven days. Quiet our soul before God because it's the incubation bed of revelation, James Gold says. Quietness is the incubation bed of revelation. Learn to just close down all the distractions and just allow God to speak and, he, and commune with him because he dwells in, the, in our hearts and he'll start to speak to us and um, go in and just lock into that secret place with him. Is everybody able to do that? Just like quiet yourself and shut down all the distractions, your eye gates and your ear gates to everything else and just go, Lord, I want to just... You show me what's in my heart and just start to allow yourself a dream. Have a pen and piece, piece of paper there and start to write down. Don't shut down anything. Just let the Lord and to just start to ignite things in your heart. And then you might have to cry a little bit over your list. You might have to go, oh, that hurts to write that down. But that's okay because as you write down, as you bring those things up, God's able to heal the disappointment. He's able to heal the hurt. He's able to speak hope. And it's like, just allow that to happen because we shut down so much and we squish so much in it. But you know what? It's still sitting there in our brains. And if we don't allow God to speak, it sits there as toxic thoughts and a, and a wound in our heart. So it's okay to cry over your list, it's okay to grieve over, oh, this hasn't happened, and then let God into those places because the enemy wants to keep us stuck and our disappointment and our loss. And God wants to set us free from those places and to go, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Can you see what I want to do? Can you see what I want to do? And so seven days, 10 minutes a day, quiet everything down, quiet your heart and just see what's in there. Because as Joel says, it's in there already. Your destiny, your assignment, your purpose is in there already. And it might surprise you what it is. It actually might surprise you. You've been doing this and he might go, yep, that's good, but is that really what you want to do? Is that really what you want? Because we, we, can, we can, you know, put on this nice thing of, oh, you know, this is what I want to do because it sounds good and it, it ticks that box, but really there's a secret desire in a heart for another thing, yeah? And often that's why you don't have it because it's really not what you want, So be honest, Amen? So I'm going to pray. (laughs) So ready? I'm going to pray that the Lord just really starts to minister to our hearts this week and that by the end of seven days, this time next week, that we've started to dream again. I've started to let God ignite and let God heal and see what he wants to show us. I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Can you see it? Because if you can see it, then you can write it down and then you might run with it. Amen. So, Lord, I pray that the words I've spoken this morning, that they'd start to spark things in our spirit and our heart and our mind. Our whole soul, Lord, would start to just start to spark. And things start to go off. In the name of Jesus, I speak things that start to go off in our, in our soul and our spirit again. Things that have been squished, things that have been there's been loss, there's been disappointment, there's been it just didn't work out, Lord, that you would start to cause new life and new growth to spring up on the inside of us and that we would not shut it down, Lord, that you would break off any limits on our imagination and our thinking that that would break off that, oh, we're too old or we're too this or I'm not smart enough or I'm not educated or I don't have enough money. I come against all that negative, limited thinking and I just, I just speak that we would speak impossible. We would start to dream impossible dreams, because nothing is impossible with you. That it would just start to, to ignite in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Even now, to start to stir up these things that we have squished down. And Lord, the gifts and the abilities that you have put in us, the, the longings and the desires and the dreams in our heart to travel, to experience, to meet people, to see things, to do things for you, that it start to spring up even now in our heart and start to bring new life into our, into our whole being, I pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you would give us time and space to be able to just take 10 minutes out every day to dream. I release dreams and if you can't catch us while I was awake, we're awake, Lord, I pray that you get us while we're asleep, that we would dream dreams and see visions, Lord, that we would dream new dreams and old ones that need to be ignited, that we would start to have those even in our night watches, Lord, even in the night time. I pray, Lord, get past our thinking if you need to, that we would dream again, that we would dream again. I release dreams right now in the name of Jesus. Release dreams, the ability to dream again. We'd not shut it down. Lord, I pray that you would heal our souls. You'd heal our souls, Lord, in Jesus' name. You'd heal of the disappointment. You'd heal the longing and the hurt. You'd heal that a hope deferred makes a heart sick. Lord, I pray that you would heal our hearts where they've been sick. Lord, that you would be our hope, that you would be our song, that you would be the one that stirs up the dream in our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would redirect our thinking and our steps, Lord, and that we'd be able to write it down and put it in front of our eyes and our ears, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.